Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. As the Supercoach world overreacts to the weekend's trial games, we will be an ocean of reasonable, nuanced advice. You'd expect nothing less. And here to dispense some of that wisdom is a bloke who definitely wasn't spotted doing donuts at his local shopping centre car park this afternoon, screaming, Cobbo's named it fullback this week. It's Wilf. How are you, mate? Come on. I, I knew Cobbo was going to be named at fullback, all right? So that's probably the only reason I wasn't doing those doughies. <laughs> you weren't. Uh, sources say otherwise, mate. Uh, we're also joined by reigning champ Tim Moody, mate. You've been getting more media coverage than Vladimir Putin lately. How are you handling the workload? Yeah, they're not too bad, man. I just employed a couple of personal assistants and um, someone to do my makeup, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm killing it. Mate, as long as you don't invade the Ukraine, you're sweet with me. But guys, tonight, obviously the trial games are on the weekend. Everyone's talking about them. How much you can read into that is up to you. But we do have a special crossover episode with the blokes from the Talking League podcast, NRL Fantasy Specialists. Uh, say good day to the boys, TK. How are you going, mate? Doing good. Did you just compare us to Russia? We're invading your podcast. Uh, yeah, I probably <laughs> did. What are you going to do about it? This is far too political. It's real honour to. It's real honour to be on the. I listen every week, and yeah, it's, thank you for inviting us on. We're really excited. Good to know. Also, uh, Andy, mate, um, sitting next to TK. There, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Rumour has it, uh, I actually did say wealth. Um, attacking Tessie News hamstring, so um, that's that's that could be the rumor mill there. Via voodoo yeah. doll in real life, <laughs> just, just poking <laughs> I actually have met Tessie in person. He's a lovely bloke. I would never attack his hamstrings like that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, look excited for this part two of the podcast. Yeah, Wilf doesn't get quite as starstruck with Tessie as he did with the milf. Hey, Wilf. Um, third member of the Talking uh, League podcast. It's Corby, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Joe. Uh, just going back to the, you can read as much as you want into the trials. I agree, except for the Dragons with their victory over the Eels. I think um, could see a little sniff at the Premiership with the Red V. <laughs> Take that you, to the bank, mate. Have you already bought your grand final tickets? <laughs> yeah, mate. I got them the other day. Early bird. He camped outside Ticket Tech. As a Bulldogs fan, I don't have that kind of stress in my life. Um, all right, boys. So, look, we've got this crossover episode. Uh, you know, Tim, Wilf and I have guested on your podcast, which you can get where, uh, you know, podcast uh, platforms of your choice. But here to, you know, talk us through some of the differences between the, the game we all know and love and NRL Fantasy, Wilf, you've got a couple of things there. We want to probe the boys uh, for some questions on the difference between the two games. Yeah, so uh, firstly, I just wanted to say, like, you know, this is over a year in the making. I, I, TK and I had a chat about doing this. We just couldn't find the time last year. But, you know, I, I've been plugging your guys' podcast because you just have such great connections, TK. Like, the, the guests you have on and the, the insights you get out of these people is just amazing. We've been telling anyone and everyone to listen to you guys because we just find out so much information, like, about the players, about the coaching, about what to expect from the teams. Just absolutely amazing. How do you do it, man? How do I do it? Well, thank you for plugging for starters because we know how reputable your podcast is and how many people listen to your podcast. So thank you for the plug part one. It just all comes from my other podcast, Talking With TK. 
just doing long form interviews and getting to know a lot of the players and coaches on a personal basis. And you'd be funny, like for example, Corbs, he grew up with the two Croker boys and he introduced me to Jared and that's how Jared came on the podcast. But it's funny how, you know, people within your own circle know everyone. And I think that's the great thing about rugby league is the fact that it's not the NFL where people get paid $30 million. Like, yeah, the players get paid very, very well, but majority of them are on not that huge of money. So they're just normal, regular people trying to really have a dig in life. So a lot of them have great stories and you connect with them. And then just being nice and just asking good questions, I feel, different from what the general kind of journalism is like. I don't need a headline from anyone. And for me, I try to, well, to be honest, I try and get as many fantasy relevant questions in there <laughs> they, they're good as much questions. as I can. And yeah, hopefully it does serve both communities because I think a lot of the interviews are relevant for both sides of it and like i said i think there's a room for for both to coexist and for both of i think this is the biggest aim is for i think both our listeners should play the other form of the game and you know i think there's room for both and everyone come together as a big you know fantasy family instead of kind of being a little bit distant yeah there, there is a real tribalism isn't there um you know not only between football you know sides and supporters but even between super coach and nrl fantasy you know, we're all stat geeks that that love love our footy. So, you know, what uh, you know we have in common is infinitely more than than kind of our personal tastes uh, in the different games. And and uh, I would add to what Wolf was saying around uh, the quality of the interviews made. And and I guess maybe inside that Sydney bubble, you don't have to show them too much love to differentiate yourself from some of the media coverage down there. I appreciate that, Joe. And hopefully, we've got a few more this week. Sat down with Paul Momorowski today, which was quite interesting. And nice. Jared's on tomorrow, and also Jamin Joloff, and maybe Chatty Townsend. He's just got to figure out his time. So we've got a few more well, interviews to wait, You're this getting week. getting the people, man. I'm respect. Yeah, TK brings that. Last Cor- week was Corbs better, brings- mate. You got to catch up on last week. <laughs> Hook was on last week in Fitzy. Well, Corbs brings the uh, the the croakers, and I'll just bring the a vibe. There we go. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. There's the whole Marbo, you know. Yeah, and, and the guns. Don't forget the that the guns. <laughs> hey, no, I was going to say, TK, you, you're absolutely spot on because I love how subtle you are about your fantasy relevant <laughs> questions. Like, I, I'm listening. I'm like, TK's asked that, but he really wants to know this. So I'm, I'm listening for the answer there. No, I, tra- I think I trapped Hook the other day because me and Andy saw Birdie at the Gallon fight. And we just directly asked him, Where are you playing? He said, Mid. So I go, how am I going to trap Hook and tell me what I want? <laughs> I go, well, I've seen him at the fight and he told me he's playing in the mid. What's the go? And then he actually had to spill the But he can't lie, right? No. Well, he could, but he was obviously <laughs> – he had enough respect no, for you not. to not lie to your face, which is exactly. good. The assistant coaches are actually the best like because they've got nothing really to hide. I think sometimes the head coaches can still be a little bit cagey for some reason. They know that in round one we're going to figure it out anyway. So, But – I get it. You know, they're getting paid big money. They're under pressure. But the assistant coaches, they just want to have a yarn and they're not. They're a lot more open. So when I get assistant coaches on, I think they're the, the go-to. The one I did with Justin Morgan, I feel was better than the other two. Really good. I was about to say, yeah. that one was absolutely amazing. So anyone who hasn't listened to that yet, definitely. You get some massive insights to the Warriors. I mean, I put Fanua Blake into my team after listening to it and also seeing how well he played in the trial as well. So mm. absolutely love it. So yeah, can't, can't recommend enough. So talking league, um, just look it up on all major podcast platforms, NRL Fantasy Podcast, just really good stuff there. 
But as we talked about, this is a bit of a crossover episode. Um, we were lucky enough to go on yours and we kind of talked to you about Supercoach and tried to be the experts there. So it's your turn to teach us how to play NRL Fantasy. I'll admit I play every year in that I sign up, make a team, and every round I'll, you know, every time I get the reminder email going, you haven't touched a team, uh, do something. So I'll log in, I'll, I'll make some trades, and I realize because, you know, price changes happen. I'm like, I'm three weeks late to trade in, you know, some, some random chiefy that I really should have gotten from week one. And, yeah, my team just goes nowhere. Uh, I think my career best, I did finish top 1,000 once. It was a long time ago. That was long. Uh, it was actually the same year I won Supercoach. So yeah, wow. long time ago. definitely correlated the stats there. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a whole different era. But yeah, I don't know, Joe. Did you ever play uh, much NRL fantasy? Yeah, I did back in the day, and it, and it ended up getting a little bit uh, too much for me. My commitments with uh, the Supercoach Talk website, and obviously I used to write things like the Ten Commandments of Supercoach every year, and got a bit overwhelming I think it was the great debacle of uh you know the round one debacle where people couldn't register and and logged their teams kind of I don't know maybe it was five six years ago that was probably the final straw for me and and from all reports and what I understand the uh the games kind of really you know gotten it together and and made a point of difference from Supercoach I think Back in the day, it used to be a bit more of a pale imitation of Supercoach, and now it stands on its own two feet. So I'm going to give it a go again this year for the first time in a while. And Tim, did you ever play NRL Fantasy? No, I've never played it. I'm sort of just following these guys You're now. A team as right I now speak, I'm yeah. No, no, I'm, just, I'm a little bit excited about having something else to to do. I thought it would be a bit confusing trying to balance two things, but I just think he's got to treat them separ- separately. And oh, this sounds like a good thing. Both. You can make a team while they teach us about NRL fantasy. So <laughs> I'll, well, I'll throw it over to you. It's got an app, right? Crap. It's got an app I can download. It does. It yep. does. But yep. why don't you guys have a crack at being the first champ champ, like Conor McGregor of both, like different belts? Oh, look, I, I think that would be amazing. So, yeah, Tim, look, you're up, mate. <laughs> I'll give it a crack. First, right. first year and, and try to win. No. See what happens. Um, so look, I think start us off. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, probably the key difference in terms of the scoring and maybe like the structure of the teams and give us a bit of a rundown on those things. Nice. Andy, you want to kick us off? Oh, I think the major one really is the attacking stats a lot less. So like you said, was it 14 points for a try for Supercoach? 17 eight, for us. Seven, yeah. 17. Jeez, even more. Where it's only eight for, for fantasy. So the balance comes a little bit, it's a little bit uh, more spread across just sort of defensive stats and you got your tackle breaks and your tackles obviously are one point. Your tackle breaks have dropped to two now instead of uh, three last year. Uh, your offloads have got to four instead of uh, two last year. So it's sort of offset a bit. But so it's off, a little bit more you do, off, you do an offload, you get four points for that. If it's a, if it's an offload to the hands, if it's offload in, to the ground. The wow, that's tackles. like half a try. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you, those sort of no, middle forwards where you got a junior Paulo who loves an offload or a clamor who backs himself in the line and pops it off all the time, end up getting some decent scores for mid. So it balances it that way. But, yeah, you don't get your 150 points or, or sort of that sort of similar scoring from your wing of fullbacks. Okay. Yeah, so, think, yeah, you've just got to target yeah. the rules a bit differently and the scoring a bit differently to the way you select your players, I guess. Yeah, yeah 100%. So you're on our side, the wing fullbacks in the halves, the scoring got a little bit out of control. So I don't know if Peter Vlandis had his own fantasy team, but he wanted to get the mids <laughs> back in. Because they're the ones that with the new so with kick meters now it's divided by thirty instead of before it was divided by twenty. 
So that hurts a lot of the halves, especially the ones like Nathan Cleary's fine because he's got great try assists. I think as a general overall player, he's outstanding. When you've got someone like Mitchell Moses who's become more of a game manager or Jamal Fogarty is in the same boat where they rely a lot on kind of game management and kicking, all of a sudden when you strip to divide by 30 instead of divide by 20, you know, you could lose seven points on your average from the season before. So that's at the moment it's you, you we're just trying to balance it out of do we need a mad pack or are we underestimating some of the even the general rules that the NRL is bringing in with the penalties will that slow down the game will the tackle the tackle breaks are huge especially for wing fullbacks you think Teddy he's got something like seven a game same as Brian Toho so we're talking about guys that were averaging close to 60 that are now low 50s players if they repeat what they did in the previous season which is still pretty good so so that's huge because so you guys are obviously coping with uh, some you know scoring and rule changes as well, just like we are in Supercoach mm-hmm. Land. So, so I, I think that's exciting. Uh, it's a lot of opportunity. They had a bit. So like naturally, Cleary was he was priced to add him what what he was. So last year he was obviously up to one point two million or something, but they've already brought his price down to what it is. So it's actually not too bad for him. But some other some other players that haven't really done that too, or they've sort of projected them differently. So you sort of that's where the value is for fantasy. I'm assuming it's the same for super coach. But uh, yeah, those are the stats that we're looking for and trying to give it to our punters. Yeah. Corpse, do you want to explain the Cleary unicorn points, mate? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's similar in super coach. Sometimes it's usually the last 15 minutes of a game <laughs> and non-Cleary owners get very nervous at this stage of a game. And the Cleary owners are just rubbing their hands together, just waiting for the points to start accumulating. And Cleary literally just stands there on the field and um, racks up the points. And he may not even touch a ball and can get 50 points in quite quick succession. <laughs> there's there's two people like that in Supercoach. One of them obviously is Cleary. Um, and be fascinated to know if this is the same in fantasy. Cody Walker, he's a shocker for junk points and uh, unicorn points in the last two minutes. He's... he's uh, perhaps because Supercoach, you get more for tries and line breaks and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, as a non-Cody Walker owner for much of last year, he, he killed my season. Yeah, it, it's a funny one yeah. because, like, uh, we were talking about in Part A when we were doing the crossover. In terms of people blowing up, the, the Cleary unicorn points is nearly at the top of the list every week, and it's all the non-Cleary owners. There was actually a um, Facebook group that, had some fairly high numbers last year that was uh, the Cleary non-owners. And <laughs> we, we tried to get Andy to infiltrate it because Andy was a latecomer to getting on the Cleary bandwagon. Too late, way too late. I tried to do like you guys had the Cleary. I'd, I'll try something different. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, I might go well. But, yeah, yeah. definitely did not go well. <laughs> but we had Did you jump on instead? I, I, no, I eventually got him. I eventually yeah. got him towards the end. But I just paid overs for him. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it was good for me, but yeah, I was too far behind. We have those support groups as well for Supercoach, usually for non-Tom <laughs> Trevojevich owners, like, yeah. for those who are still playing. <laughs> I mean, Wilf held Pappenhausen from Magic Round, which I think was round <laughs> nine or ten, all the, like for about three months until he returned. Didn't you, Wilf? <laughs> round one to round 25, Ryan Pappenhausen all the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't smart. All right. Uh, look, look, to be fair, by the end, I was just holding on for the meme. Really, <laughs> <laughs> I was committed. I just, you know, I might as well stick it out to the end. We wouldn't be laughing now if you didn't. So thank you for that. <laughs> hey, Joe, just back to answering your question about Cody Walker. The disappointing thing in in fantasy, Cody doesn't actually score that well. His average is actually around that fifty mark. 
And his back end of the season was huge after Origin for us. I think he averaged something like 72. But for that, he was in like a mid-40s. So for is a guy that, that, is got, that because Reynolds is the field general steering him around and getting the kick meters? Or? Well, I guess we don't reward try assists enough. And mm. he's the best well, playmaker in the NRL and the way I see things. But just the way that we score the game just doesn't suit because we just don't have attacking stats. So. Yeah. I do feel like, and, and, you know, the whole, when you were mentioning kick meters, like that was very foreign to our super coach players because we don't get to kick meters. Halves oh, don't get points for that at all. Okay. And, yeah, you when know, you're talking like about even, the divided by 20 or 30 stuff, I'm going, oh, what's he talking about? You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> so what, that's where that comes time, in, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, so every yeah. time a half puts in a really good kick, you know, finds grass, you know, gains 50 meters for the team or whatever, that gets zero points for super coach. So nine hundred and forty twenty are nothing. Well, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, look, if they kick a forty twenty, that's ten points. That's great. But yeah. you know, if they kick from their own twenty and then it lands and rolls and and then the fullback picks it up on the opposition twenty, like that's zero points. So you know, that's where I think sometimes NRL fantasy, like they get that right. It rewards stuff like that. Yeah, it's actually so, good. It's yeah, good great, great NRL on field play, and and it rewards the points. But I guess that's where Supercoach they they sometimes well, you know, like a Ruben Garrick catch and fall over the line gets you 31 points or something like that when he kicks the goal as well. Um, and that's worth way more than, you know, DCE kicking the ball into the corner and, and you know, setting his team up in a great position. So yeah. I do think uh, NRI Fantasy has that huge difference there. Um, and I think with you guys, you, we, you do run meters different as well for the forwards, right? You don't do like hit-ups and things like that separately. No, so you run 10 meters, you get one point. And right, because Supercoach does the weird thing where you, you run eight metres or over, you get two points for the hit-up, and you run eight less, you get one point. So very arbitrary line of eight metres for some <laughs> yeah. reason. I no, think someone true. someone determined that that a quality hit-up was an eight was an eight metre run, and so that should be rewarded, which, you know, obviously very odd when you bring it up. Um, uh, Joe, Joe, just quickly jump back to the Cody Walker. So he's seventh highest in average and price for you guys. And he's forty fifth average in fantasy. Wow, such a foreign, foreign. That's off last year's results. So yeah. there's obviously a few new changes, but that just puts a little bit of perspective to what so, CK and your boys are talking about. Before. So we've, um, so obviously we've established attacking points, and, and Cody Walker is a great example of, of how you know fantasy doesn't reward it in the same way as Super Coach. Kick meter is obviously important for your halves. You mentioned, I think, Andy Wing and fullbacks before, but I guess as someone who hasn't been part of fantasy for a while now, given that it is much more about your base stats, I would have thought kind of your pain horses, your, mm-hmm. your kind of workhorse middles that get through your 40 tackles a game and a bunch of hit-ups. I mean, are they generally your stars? Yeah, they definitely are. So at the moment, he's probably priced himself out if you want to balance your team out a little bit. He's nearly 800 grand. But last year, he actually started at a million bucks and he peaked out around that Sharks game. I think it was around that first first origin and it was kind of a mid-600s because he, we've got a break-even that you have to hit every every week. So if you hit your break, if you're above your break-even, you'll continue to make money. If you're below, you will lose money. So I think that's very similar to you guys anyway, right? Yep. Just you guys got the yep. three days, three Three weeks, sorry. But, yeah, so guys like, you know, Wolf, we mentioned Adam Fenor Blake at the start of the show. Like, I'm huge on him because I think he'll be the next sort of premium mid. And I think just having a look at the new scoring rules, I think we actually do need three quality mids. So at the moment, mine are Junior Paulo because of, again, the offloading rules I'm having a look at. Having a look at Adam Fenor Blake and probably Stefano, even though he let let us all down, especially Corby because – 
that's Corby's love interest last week in the trial. But Not far behind Meany, Joe. Don't worry. Meany's still up there with him. You beauty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're spot on, mate. Haas is one of the best. He's, he's easily probably him and McKinnon. Just for um, context, we, we established that Joe and Corbs are actually best buddies on the Nick Meany bandwagon here. So. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Quite clearly. The only two people on the Nick Meany bandwagon, probably. <laughs> they can join their own Facebook group. Hey, man. <laughs> Tickets are cheap. There's plenty of space on the bandwagon, <laughs> but it's filling up quick, boys. Filling up yeah. quick. Speaking of those mids, but Joe, one of the weird ones that actually happened was Cameron McInnes this year. So he didn't play last year. So he actually got valued quite highly using his 2020 stats, which usually doesn't happen. And then he lost his hooker. So he's only down as a mid this year, despite the fact that he played more games at hooker in 2020 than he did at lock. But we get a little bit of these. It's just weird. Like, for example, Adam Dewey's another one. So he played center and 5'8 last year. But he was marked as a, a dual wing fullback half last year. So he retained that, even the, despite the fact that he never played fullback last year. So we've got a few weird things that actually happen. And I think we need to kind of put together like a board that actually can review these sort of things, especially in the off-season, because they are just the, just these little things that really annoy us at the moment, just just little mistakes. It's just interesting because, like, obviously we complain about that kind of stuff as well for Supercoach, but I guess, you know, relative to those things, it probably seems like we we might have it a little bit better. So, like, with McGinnis, a good example there is, like, he's been discounted heavily in his price. Mm. Obviously, for, for Supercoach, you know, 2020 was huge as well. Like, I think he averaged, you know, a close to... 75, 80 points at some stage, and uh, he's priced at uh, a 60 average to start in Supercoach. So, you know, he's factored that in. He's still got his dual position for the second row and hooker position as well. So they've kind of looked after us in, in, in many respects in that regard. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. It sounds like in definitely um, NRL Fantasy make it a bit tougher at times. One thing we've obviously talked about very often, um, even on the Supercoach podcast, is the fact that you get price changes after one um, you know, first game, like how does that change your strategy when it comes to the cheapies? Like do you just have to, you know, balls to the wall just all in or, you know, is there a bit bit of bit more nuance to picking those guys? Well, it's, I'd say that becomes more of a bit of a gamble. Like it's it's what Tim mentioned on the in the first podcast. It's about having that sort of if you, if you just started it and you didn't know he was going to start and he looks like he's locked that down, it's like if you can actually project him starting, you sort of it's an easier gamble. But yeah, you sort of have to jump on pretty quick. I'm a little bit less risk adverse. I, I created my three date rule. So to put a player in, I need a sample size of three because I believe that's enough to validate me bringing someone in, whether they're cheap. Usually it doesn't work that great with the cheapies, but also I think the downside risk isn't that much as well. It's it's great for anyone kind of over like a mid-range 450 to your high high risk because you're spending a lot of money and you want to get this trade right. And it, it did me well, especially with the Storm Boys last year because like, I was able to time when use, I saw the three. I used it for use, I used it for cheese, I used it for Heinz. And then I made just not only did I was making a lot of money from these three guys, like I just tipped when they were needed the most by the Storm and the averages went from kind of like mid-40s players to 65 players just in those three games. And then I just jumped on. People, some some people jumped on with me, some people don't. But that that combination, those three guys, and that's kind of where I bring in sort of that thing that you do need that sample size of three just to make an informed decision. And that's just the way I go. Trades are, are kind of 
worth their weight in gold in Supercoach and, and always we kind of spend them too much earlier in the season and regret it later on. You talked about, you know, kind of weighting uh, and the value of a trade in fantasy. I mean, how do you balance the value of a trade versus, you know, someone who might go up 50 or 60 or 70K, you know, the, the team value? To- yeah. Corbs, you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I guess it's just where where you're sort of sitting in the season. I think that was probably our biggest take from – but that was last year was the first time we played Classic. And TK, what did you come in at? 273. 270, and I was 440. So we went all right, but we our biggest flaw, I think, was we didn't trust our research at the start of the season. Like Looking back, we're like, why did we get rid of him so quick? Yeah. We just panicked when you – Yes, you are trying to find that money and, and build that team salary up as quick as you can to sort of set yourself up for the second half of the season. But I think that let us down a little bit. So, yeah, I, I would say sort of I reckon it's around that 100K. If you can't see a 100K value, um, I think we sort of talked about that value, then I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but then there's also, you know, that the other strategy to bring in someone cheap that's just going to sort of plug in your team and um, also just be able to sit down the emergencies, which is a, a sort of their structure that we have on our bench, which is um, also quite a bit different to what you guys have. So if yeah. that's answered your question, sort of. <laughs> think yeah. but- Can I just say how impressive that is though? If that's your first year plan overall and you're both in the top 500, that that's that's amazing. <laughs> oh, was some luck, but I, w- I just wish I listened to the more experienced players that kept saying, hold your trades, hold your trades. Like yeah. four rounds to go, I was 52nd. And then it was the round when Corey here, we were a Naira, knocked out Jerome Hughes. So that's two players yeah. gone. Then I got lost. The next game, Ryan Madison got sent off. The next game, Angus Crichton got sus- got suspended. So I got left because of the – I only had four edges. I lost three edges in that. So I only had Fafita and he was on a downhill. And then I could only field 16 for the, until the very last round when Crichton came back. I was fielding lies like Bailey Simonson just to field a team like – it was just disastrous. Struggle, like, struggle is real if you're doing that. Yeah. I was just lucky that I had enough guns in there just to keep me just afloat and keep me in that top – well, I ended up 273. So that was still – but it was a decline. I, went, I was crying. I went from 50th to yeah. 100th to 150th to 200th and then just hanged, hung on just for that last bit. And I'm going, thank God. God, yeah. that sent shivers down my spine. I was relying on fellow Kiko Manu from the Bulldogs in my seventeen for the last few <laughs> for the last few weeks of last year. I was desperate. Yeah. It, I was about oh, to say, yeah. Joe's probably um, sitting there going, "Oh, Bailey Simonson, that would have been nice." Luxury, <laughs> luxury. <laughs> so I think that I guess that says to me that draft is probably a lot more popular in NRL fantasy than it is for Supercoach. Would you say that? I don't know. I don't know what the stats are, but we sort of started draft seven for like eight, seven years ago. So that, that's yeah. where we sort of came from and done all our stats from. And us three actually go pretty well because we're pretty stats heavy. Oh, and mate. so we got the idea to do the pod. But yeah, I'd say it will be like, I feel like there's a few people, but I don't know if the draft people really jump on the chats or not. Because mainly it's all just classics, just posting their teams. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts? So Yeah. I think yeah, we're, we're trying to bring everyone in, boys. You know how we're trying to connect the two communities? Mm. I still think there's another community underneath the classic community being the draft community mm. for us. So there's kind of like all these fractions that I kind of want to bring together because I think everyone can actually live in one happy life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we, we don't like I – mean, I'll, I'll put up my hand. I've played draft for the last couple of years. I'm certainly no expert. 
Um, and there's a few, you know, really dedicated draft podcasts for Supercoach as well. But mm. you know, for a lot of the time, because they don't have a 50 grand, you know, cash prize <laughs> and they're enticing people to play, yeah. it's just not been as popular. So obviously, you know, we focus on the overall as well. But look, I definitely know Supercoach, they're pushing draft more and more and they're trying to make it better. I mean, like Joe and I, obviously big on NFL fantasy, and then you know we played as well, Andy. I think, yeah, uh, in that uh, NFL fantasy battle or whatever they called it. But <laughs> yeah, like I think it's it was good fun, and and we know how good draft can be and how much fun it can be. So yeah, we're definitely, you know, not that we're going to podcast and be experts about it, but we certainly look into it and have a lot of fun playing it too. Yeah, for sure. So just coming back to NRL fantasy, like I said, this is what we're hoping to learn about. Um, <laughs> I think one of the key things that that's different to me is also the team setup. Like hmm. we have in Supercoach very regimented positions. So hooker, front row forward, second row forward, halfback, five eighth. They're all split. So you know, even the halves, like halfback and five eighth, uh, one slot each. And you know, we have one starter and one reserve, and one starter, one reserve. We can't mix and match. Whereas you guys have so much more flexibility in fantasy, right? Yeah. Well, we've got six positions. So we've got a mid, edge, hooker, halves, center, and wing fullback. So it does give you that scope. You're right. Just because of those six positions, and especially with our dual working a little differently to how your dual works, where we can actually replace within our squad with a dual. So, for example, we were talking about this on the first podcast where if you had a dual in Supercoach, you had a 5'8 that was a hooker slash 5'8. If you didn't have a same scenario in your hooker, you can't actually replace them. But in ours, if you had that same scenario, you had a half slash hooker, or well, he can play hooker and replace the actual normal hooker who can just go back to the bench and become yeah. a scoring player as well. So you've got that kind of difference there. And I guess it is a little bit more of an advantage because you could especially right now where you probably want to kind of focus on jewels because they literally can cover your ass, especially if my scenario happens again. So well, one, one player really can cover two out of six positions. Like that's cr- crazy compared to the super coach where you've got so many. Yeah. You know, I mean like the super coach, when you have one dual position, it's kind of useless in a way. It might help you one or two trades now and then, yeah. but they're not able to help you in a pinch. Whereas and to, I think maybe explaining the bench might help because you've got the four reserves, yep. but they're not, like you, you don't, they're not in nominated positions. Whereas, like we have reserve, our bench is four center wings only, four yeah. a five eighth only, which is it's huge. Well, we I could have that's, four yeah. scoring bench players that are all fullbacks. So technically, you could have Amazing. seven fullbacks if you wanted to on your team, three wing of fullbacks and your four on your scoring bench. Um, but it's not going to work out that way. There's <laughs> probably only the, the the top four or five fullbacks there. But yeah, and the the money makers aren't there, so. Yeah, it's just a lot more versatile, the bench, I guess. Yeah. The only thing you've got to be careful about, boys, is the emergencies. Because if you lose a player from the starting lineup and you haven't got the exact same thing on the yeah. bench, there has to be an emergency that actually fills that position or you will go a player short. So that's still music to our ears because we get one emergency and it's the lowest scoring player on our bench, no matter what uh-huh. position they're in. Any position. Like yeah. Any position. So it's brutal. Uh, yeah. So like we have to be very careful. Um, you know, we try to stay away from the father kicking manus of the world where, you know, they might still be in the 17, but scoring you 10 points or whatever. Off. <laughs> yeah. Like, we call, call, call it the auto emergency. Yeah. And Corbs, you know, you, you've, you know, played a bit in both worlds. You started playing super coach before you kind of made fantasy your main thing. How does that flexibility with your bench impact what you do 
with your cash cows and stuff because in Supercoach, you you kind of if your cash cow is a five eighth only it can only occupy five eighth and has to be your backup so if your five eighth gets injured you're kind of screwed uh playing that i mean does it open up more possibilities to for your cash cows yeah well i guess like you know if there's two or three five eights you can get all three or five five eights in fantasy whereas in super coach like you said there's only two five eight spots so you know you probably need a decent scoring one and you guys obviously a bit more expert than me but but then it only allows you to get that one cheapie whereas yeah in the fantasy i can get all three five eights if they're providing enough value and and that was we talked about this last year there there was a lot of hookers that came in last year with as little simpkin with a rotation um now i've had a mental blank there was five or six. I remember a lot of cheap hookers Egan, last Egan year. Connor Watson. Uh, Connor Watson. Mm. And you guys could have only picked the one. And I dare say you would have had a, a Cook or a Grant or a Marnie if you were clever enough to jump on that early. But we had, like, and it was pretty common, there was probably four or five hookers on the bench in some teams. Um, so, yeah, that was probably, that's probably the difference there. A bit more flexibility in choosing just all the cashies, not just player specific cashies whereas you guys are a bit locked into that do you know know what that brings in sort of that's i I find there's a lot more similar teams because of that one fact so like you said with super coach you've got the one cheaper you can bring in your halves whereas where with with fancy you've got Ilias, maybe amone you've got a clune might be being a good choice and everyone would have those three players whereas Mm -hmm. with super coach you'd have to pick one of them and that's where sort of that's where your research comes into a little bit more so I see that a lot where everyone's posting the same, the pretty pretty similar teams on the classic and the pods are your real sort of um, your standouts. So you have to be really smart with your pods and not the actual player you're picking. So that's where I see that sort of difference to Supercoach. I think and, it does play into that Supercoach as well. Sorry, Joe. Oh, I was just going to say you were, you were rattling off some uh, names in the halves which are also popular in Supercoach. It did strike me. Uh, another name that's popular in the halves that is reasonably cheap is Jackson Hastings. So how does fantasy treat Super League imports in terms of pricing? Well, very harshly this year. Mm. Usually if you haven't, especially for Oliver Gildart, who hasn't played a game of NRL, because they're able to use a little bit of sample from Jackson Hastings from his days at the Roosters and a little bit from the Manly days. So they've literally priced him for the starting games that he did have with the Roosters, which is a little bit, I think, unfair. Even when you have a look at his Super League stats, I had a look at him and if I had to bring him back to NRL land and assume that he wasn't goal kicking because he didn't goal kick in, he was a backup goal kicker to Zach Cardaker in the Super League. So he'll probably average like 36, somewhere between 36 and 40. So you think how many points are the Tigers, even if you got the goal kicking, how many goals are they going to score anyway? Like Yeah, two I'm a game, I reckon. Max. Like maybe two, three. <laughs> three gee, yeah. gee, that's super harsh because I would have thought if you're going to – if you're going to base his stats off what he did in Australia, I mean, he was a 10-minute off-the-bench utility hooker for, for yeah. Manly for a while. So, I mean, fair's fair. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're going to price him uh, when mm. he was in a gun side like the Roosters, you got to, got to you know, take the yeah. bad with the good. So he ended up a mid-range, which was around 450 by memory. And so he's only just behind someone like Sam Walker, who absolutely blew everyone off the park last year. So to think that the comparison that Jackson Hastings never has dominated the the NRL, well, you're probably looking at Sam Walker, one of the best rookies of all time. And they're at the same price. One's playing in the team tipped to win the premiership versus the team that their coach is, you know, clinging onto his job from week to week. So 
you can kind of tell who you probably want to be siding with in those mm. that kind of argument, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very different. Obviously, like Supercoach, you know, Hastings is about three fifty thousand. Sam Walker is about five forty five. So it's almost two hundred grand wow. difference between the two there. And again, that's part of the the high ceiling scoring attacking stats that we look for in Supercoach. I was going to have prices. Oh, sorry, Toby um, Sexton's yeah, a weird just, run. Yeah. So Toby Sexton, he how many? He had four games last year. Oh yeah. And he came in priced six hundred k for fantasy, which is at the same Whoa. price as Ponga and Schuster bags. <laughs> and then in Supercoach, I mean, I'd still say he's fairly well priced in Supercoach, but four hundred fifty, I think, or something, isn't he? Yeah, four thirty four k, and you know, Ponga's still at about six hundred k. So uh, there's a, a few funny ones in in fantasy that we've picked up on. And it's sort of just a no-go zone because you mm. obviously want value just as much in your game as ours. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't provide that when they've sort of stitched him up with such a high price. Yeah, it certainly seems like Supercoach, they give the discounts a little bit more liberally than they do for fantasy. So were you would expect um, him to drop in price over the year though? And you maybe might pick him up later if he comes down in price or you wouldn't come down that much, you don't think? Who's that, Toby Sexton? Sexton. Yeah. Well, he's got a break-even at 48, so that's quite high for a rookie half when you think the spine, we're having a look at the other day, they went from a spine of having 400 games of NRL experience to a starting under 50 games. So there's a lot of pressure on that spine and for him to produce. And you think he's very similar, I feel, in style to Mitchell Moses where they, they do rely a lot on kicking. And we talked about before when I confused the hell out of you there, Timmy, with the divided 30 and divided 20, like his kicking stats come out a lot. And you look at his sample as well, when you think three of the games were literally against teams that were out of the the running for the top eight versus the Souths game when he scored, I think, a 41, which would be, they had a look at the stats, what it would be on today's rules, it would be about a 37. So you're kind of looking... If he's at a break even now at 48, he would lose a ton of money if that was going to be a week-to-week scenario. Yeah, I think the the thing with Sexton for us is just, you know, we don't know how he's going to go attacking stat-wise, whereas at least for fantasy, he's probably going to be the, the sole kicker, right? Because, I mean, I don't see AJ t- doing too much k- general play kicking and things well, like that. I've got my question ready for Jamin tomorrow. I'm going to ask him, does AJ have a secret kicking game that we just don't know about? Because I need to know because you're right. He could be doing all the kicking. That's so good. Again, you know, it's so good that you get to talk players. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, definitely I'll be I'll be hanging out for that chat so I can hear all the Titans goss, no doubt, that you'll subtly uh, extract from the, the, the young prop front rower, uh, not to exactly. cast any aspersions about how clued in the props are in terms we of actually, information. It means we actually, you actually ask the right questions to get the right answers. <laughs> we actually have a name for TK on our pod because he's really sneaky with his questions. We call him the snake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you a little story. So call me last year. He comes to dirt. I've dropped Wade Egan to the bench. Because I needed to field a full team, and I'm, I ring Corbs, and we, you may, usually me and Corbs will talk on a Sunday and just talk about trades. So I go, I need Egan back because my other hooker got got hurt. So what happens is, is when it free agency opens, the snake up the top, he takes Egan, and then he tries to trade me back, <laughs> and that's why. So the next episode, I got a snake sound, and I was just playing it the entire episode every that's time. Pretty funny. Played. All fair in love and war, hey, cool. Mate, he, he's still, mate, he's still going a year later. Like, it's done and he still loves. Snake, how are you, mate? 
every podcast. <laughs> I sort of forgot the reason he said it that much. I just thought he was... <laughs> This is what I love about draft leagues, right? You get all these little town yeah, yeah. inside jokes that oh, you just carry yeah, through. the best part, eh? It's oh, a banter. And, and also, Andy goes out with Corby's sister too. So we're trying to think, is he... His Ty- Tyrell Famuono. <laughs> He's the other bloke. Oh, no. Like, Look got out his... <laughs> All right, boys. Enough, enough about Andy's snake. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favourite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man. Covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist, and now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS. Guys, we've spoken to you all about Manscaped. It is top-notch product. We've been lucky enough to try some of it, and it's helped us realize, you know, the importance of finding a grooming routine. And what Manscaped's done is they keep getting better this ultra premium collection it just helps make that routine so much easier to to get into we've spoken about how essential the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist using their advanced skin safe technology reducing cuts to your most delicate areas but now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with the ultra premium collection this package you get the manscaped premium deodorant it's not for your balls it's for the rest of your body including your stanky armpits. This deodorant, it dries clear, it's aluminium-free, and it smells like their signature scent. You also get the Hydrating Body Moisturizer. If you've got issues with dry skin, it's designed to keep the skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. You get the Body Wash. You can lather yourself up using their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. And there's a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Cleans your scalp with one easy step. Plus, Manscaped throw in a free gift. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score. All of these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. Best ingredients with zero compromise. It really is the full routine. If you use it in this order, hop in the shower, scrub up with the Manscaped Body Wash, then get your hair clean with the 2-in-1 shampoo conditioner. Dry off, spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to sort out your dry skin. Chuck on the Manscaped deodorant afterwards so you don't stink, and then cherry on top, you pop that Manscaped lip balm on. Getting dressed after, that's optional. You can wear the one great scent all day long. Get that ultra premium collection hot off the shelves. As always, get 20% off and free shipping using the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. I think maybe just to, to perhaps encapsulate the, the key differences in scoring and, and how we value players. Like, so, you know, for Supercoach, Turbo was the man. He averaged 30, 30 odd points more than any other player in the game. That's your Nathan Cleary, isn't it? What was the gap between Cleary and everyone else in fantasy? So, the gap average wise, Cleary was 93 or 92.8. And oh, hang on, two seconds. Yeah, uh, it's about 10. Turbo about was 10. 83. Yeah. So, 10 <laughs> points between those two. But Cleary was the better person because he had the kick meters, he had the. Um, the the try assist. I'm sure you had that. But yeah, the unicorn point. <laughs> yeah, <you> can... <laughs> hey, which is interesting because that's that's one and two for us as well. But yeah. again, thirty odd points between Cleary's 110 to Turbo's 143. So it, it that that scoring is huge. Boys, I've got a Turbo narrative for you actually. 
Turbo's average in the bubble versus our home and away is dramatically different in our game. Like he, he averaged only mid sixties in a home and away season. When then he went to the bubble, he averaged close to a hundred. But what I'm feeling is in the bubble because so many neutral venues and no crowds, he was able to keep the momentum because he never had to play away. So I've got a little analogy that that might be his stumbling block this year. It's interesting. Well, it was a big season. It's hard to back that up. Yeah. So there is some sort of evidence of that. Yeah, that, that's that's actually fascinating. My theory with uh, with Turbo, and we've discussed it on the pod in the in the earlier kind of weeks of the year, was everything went right for Turbo to score how he did last year. Mm. And and one of my kind of mantras when I'm putting my round one side together is, you know, what has to go right for this player to replicate you know, or to, to, to justify his value. And, of course, you know, it was just otherworldly what Turbo scored, a lot of kind of tries and bulk points in the last few minutes. Everything has to go right. The, the speed of the game has to stay just as fast as it was. He has to stay injury-free when he's on the field. Manly have to score kind of amazing points just to get value get return on your investment there. So very interesting to know that kind of the home and away stats versus the bubble is, is another disparity because that would be another cross in, in the column for him, you know, starting in round one for mine. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I, I have also my own little narrative about turbo and just the scoring in general. And it's the fact that 2021, they, and I look through like the scores, Basically, per game, um, NRL teams average 46.3 points per game Wow! Um, between the two teams. Yeah. And that compares to even 2020, that drops down to 41.8. 20, uh, 2019, it's 39.5. 2018, it's 40.7. So this is like, you know, it's a different game, you know. Yep. You can't really compare. But even scoring-wise, despite the rule changes that went on from 2018 and 2019, different interpretations and everything, <laughs> 2021 is such an outlier. It's five over five points per game more. That's a try or two per game. And, you know, for Supercoach, like a try or two is, you know, 20 to 30 points. Yep. So if that is one, you know, try that Turbo is not scoring or setting up per game, just by virtue of even if everything goes right, if the mm. scoring reverts back to 2020 levels, he's already still 20, 30, you know, 20 odd points overpriced even if he gets everything else going right his way. So to me, like with the changes to the rules, with the, you know, uh, instead of going set restarts, they're going penalties in their own end, that kind of stuff. I'm just wondering, like, are we going to see more of a 2020 type season where, you know, still really fast paced games, still lots of high scoring games, but it's 41.8 instead of, you know, the 46 um, that we were getting per game in 2021. So yeah. yeah, that's my own little narrative. Like, even if everything goes right for Turbo, he still may not match those heights because uh, of the adjustments. It's a great narrative, Wolf, and we discussed it on the Manly Preview Pod, where literally the whole team is a momentum team as well. So if Turbo goes down, the entire team's going to go down as well, which is kind of a little bit scary. I think, yeah. Corbs, any thoughts on that? Hey, didn't you have him? Don't you have him in your most recent team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's kind of after having to help a thousand people, I've got to throw people off yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've chosen the in hours just because of the price of the two, Cleary Turbo. I've gone the Cleary just because I think he realistically is sort of what you were saying, 
Milf, what's got to what's got to go right to um for him to score well? And I think Cleary's just got a lot it's safer um, option as opposed to Turbo. But I know it's going to hurt me if Turbo just goes nuts, and it very well could happen. Like the the small little break he made before half time the other night in the trial just shows that he's still definitely got it. Yeah, but anyone one when he linked up with that? his brother. Yeah, about the one where he linked up with his younger brother. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Trials, yeah. No, and then yeah, he handed off to the winger to score. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Sorry, you were going to say, Andy. Tell the boys about your your draft. How you won the draft? Like this is just how ridiculous NRL fantasy can be at times. Who well, did you captain, mate? Well, with with draft, it's all about your free agency. So we're basically because everyone's everyone's a pod. Everyone's different. Um, <laughs> I picked up a few players. Picked up Curran. Picked up Walsh. Picked up uh, Schuster. So I was sort of, sort of pretty stacked. I, I lost the first five games, but then towards the end, I sort of seen Milf um, was scoring pretty well. So he's like scored a 60 point. I'm like, I'll pick him up because he's a good chance. So next round again, he scored 60 points and I made it to the grand final. And I was like, well, what am I doing? I had Moses or Madison and I start, had them to start as my first round pick. I was like, I can't put them as captain. Oh, I think I just got to put uh, Milf because I was versing a Cleary. He had, he had Cleary. So I was like, what do I do? So then, yeah, I had Milf as captain. He played last game. Cleary scored like 70 points. So I needed Milf to score like uh, 70 or above 70 points. Ended up scoring 75 and I bloody won the, won the trophy. The bloke didn't talk to you for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Fair enough, too. Yeah, Fair enough. It's all about, uh, it's all about the, the free agency pickups. And uh, like... I think that it was discussing about captaincy options and no one liked – they wanted to bring in not putting a captain in uh, in draft. But oh, you, I'm not sure you guys don't play it that much. But I don't know. Just, it's hard for me to not do that. No, we – any draft league I play, I'm always like no captains because I oh, just no, – No captains. Yeah, no captains. It skews. Yes, I love this. It makes it so much harder for people picking late. Like, you know, it's super coach. There's four standout captain options. Yeah. Any, anyone else after that is super risky comparatively. So – no, nah, I'm always no captains. It just evens out everything more. But it's good to know, Andy, that you and I are the part of the Anthony Milford, you know, riding the wave of Milford to victory. <laughs> I was going to wear his jersey to our draft the other day, but I just sort of couldn't find one. I was, that's under 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm surprised you couldn't find one for under 20 bucks, honestly. <laughs> 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 no, they said Wilf on it, not Milf. That was the only problem. <laughs> I thought I left some around. <laughs> Look, to, to finish up, um, it, obviously, we've been, you've been very generous with your time. Um, with NRL Fantasy, what do you think is going to be the key strategy for you this year? I'd like to hear from each of you. Yeah, I reckon from round one, you can't have Cleary and Turbo together because it just rips your salary cap. Our salary cap is small. Not together, right. You, your goal is to have them at the end, not at the start. Like You've got to r- realize things like balance of your team and cashies to work your way up into different guns throughout the season, trying to get them both in there with a 9.4 salary cap. So that's the other difference with you guys having 10. With the NRL Fantasy, they've matched it to 9.4 to reflect. They try to make it like real life. But people don't realize like, well, no NRL team has Cleary and Turbo as well for a reason <laughs> because you can't afford all these players. Well, I guess they do have DCE and he's the highest place players. They just kind of ripped my narrative a little bit. But I guess... When you're taking out over two million of your cap straight off with two players, and you still got to have another what nineteen players, it just it just mayhem. You're going to be having just players that aren't scoring. So we just can't do that. Just to be clear, you, you're saying you can't have both, but you'll definitely have one of them. One of 
for the start, yeah. Okay. I think okay. you've got to you've got to have a set and forget captain. So you yep. need to decide which strategy you're going because I think you can take it two different ways: build a team off turbo and build a team off Cleary. But you do need one of them from the start for sure. You guys have sort of sold me on building a team on Cleary, though. From what you guys have said, he seems oh, like yeah. a better option. Yeah. Tim, I didn't have Cleary until round seven last year. And to think how high up the table I finished. If mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest – well, I'll tell you rule number two is when you're wrong, admit you're wrong and just change it. It took me six yeah. rounds to admit I was wrong and it cost me because I had a gun team. Like I had 17 gun players, but I didn't have a captain that was averaging 90 every week. So when he was double pointing, yeah, it might not hurt you for one week, but when you think the accumulation of six weeks, all of a sudden you have to make up 300 or 400 points. And even with your gun, other 17 players, you're just not doing it. So, so you're saying don't hold paps for 20. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I heard in my head was like, admit you were wrong, admit you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go with my second one or my sort of tip. It sort of leads into that, having you can't have two. Um, it's also going to lead into the COVID, this whole COVID league. You know, everyone, you've already seen in trials, there's a couple of people pull out. Uh, I'd say you, you can't have any nuffs. They maybe have like, really low but i'd say even your reserve players should have a chance of starting because then you can actually slot them in you're not getting a zero you don't have to, you don't have to burn trades or those like they're pretty like they're pretty uh, desirable trades for the other season so make sure you have a pretty de- not decent but a starting sort of reserve bench so you can slot them into your teams and versatile so you can't have <laughs> don't have all hookers or all wing and full because you know they're cashies but you're going to run yourself dry and you're going to have to make a burner trade to get someone in your team does that fundamentally change the kind of way you, you budget for your side? Does it mean more mid rounds in fa- mid rounders in fantasy? Oh, sorry, mid ranges in fantasy, which means you, you can't afford all those guns because you need depth in your squad. Well, yeah, it, like there, there's a big five really. So you got your your turbo, your Cleary, you got your uh, Fafita, and your Hass. So you sort of have to pick if you can get two or three. Like some people are trying to get five in them. It's like you, you just haven't got enough um, money f- to spread around your team to make that to allow for COVID. So you sort of have to pick two. And if you go three, you're sort of going to be running yourself dry. But it's it's all about – it definitely uh, attacks that because you do need to have your mids players because your mids are where you're going to get your cover from. So I feel like definitely- my gut vibe from just listening to you guys is Hass and Cleary would be the best two to start with. Am I right or am I wrong? What are you doing? Yeah. I think it's fundamentals, say, hey, Corbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Houses. So usually people go. I think Cleary's very popular. You go a gun hooker, a gun edge or mid. Um, but there's quite a good uh, few uh, duels in the in the Crichton Pengai Junior. Then a good winger fullback, and then it's just finding the value spread throughout. Some people go for the big centre wings. So there's a couple of lot like you and Aiken, who's got the edge centre duel, and Matt Burton. Jack Bird. Uh, Jack Bird's another one. Uh, Ivan Gorn for. I th- I've got you and Aiken in there at the moment, but I haven't gone for the other two, um, and then sort of hoping that he can keep that edge spot. But he's risky in itself. But yeah, the the big one would be what I touched on before is just back myself early on and try and save those trades. Pretty much what you were talking about with your strategy too, a bit Timmy. Um, like leave them for later on the season because mm. it's again going to be a bit of a weird year, and it's it, it sort of doesn't matter really. Like trades are always going to be so precious. Mm. I think there's, there's like as, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm like, you know, I, we could really translate to it to Supercoach in terms of strategy as well there. So definitely have to reflect a bit on that. Uh, Corby, anything from you? Yeah, no, I just went on that bit. 
He's like, I just gave no, him no, what we, he wanted. No, 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 cool, cool. so we, want, we wanted a good one, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking a bit of dribble then, man. Like, give us some, some, some advice, man, something to help us out here. <laughs> uh, sorry, I meant um, I, I was going to get a cheapie from each of you too. That's what oh, I was I, I jumped ahead. I, I was like asking you the question before I actually phrased the question. Uh, let's, go, let's go reverse back now this time. My, my cheapie is probably Pereira. Uh, okay. Jordan Pereira. What a snake. Is that a you? Mate, <laughs> <laughs> mate the, the other thing too is TK goes on with snake call. You mentioned any player. that, that so I'll mention I'm going to Captain Cleary and TK will call me a snake. This <laughs> <laughs> is your last name, mate. Okay, Pereira. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think with Supercoach, if his name, definitely. He'll be yeah, I'll see he's a wait and watch. There's, I mean, these, this weekend's pretty exciting because there's a lot that are still in the mix. Um, but yeah, he, he's probably sort of one that I I've got in my team at the moment, hoping that I can keep him there because then it's just a, a win-win. You get to get a good cheap and you spend cash elsewhere. Nice. It seems like we're going to get to see a little bit more closer to what the starting sides are going to be like this trial, or more of the, stronger, the, the they, yeah. yeah, I've found a lot of the um, coaches were like, yeah, no, we'll try get all the boys out next week, with the exception of this guy and this guy. But yeah, so it'd yeah. be good to get a better look. Sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. Andy? Uh, mine was purely from the last game, last trial game. Max King, mate, absolutely killed it. Like, if he gets a bench spot, I've never seen a better performance from a forward in a trials match. He was absolutely stellar. So, in fantasy, a forward scoring 60 points off the bench, I think he played like 50 minutes, so he really wants a spot. So, if he's in the starting side, I think he's 240K for um, fantasy. I think he's 170, 180 for Supercoach. Yeah, he's. Well, I think it's just above bottom dollar. So absolutely, if he's in a bench spot as well, I'll be chucking Max King in the team too for sure. He was super impressive. Nice, love it. TK. And apart from Jordan Pereira, TK. <laughs> Rocco Berry. Rocco Berry Ooh. has played six games of rugby league in his life. He's twenty years old. His dad played for the All Blacks. Pedigree, so he's ticking boxes there. But. Timmy, my mate, who's on the podcast from time to time, Tim Ballantyne, he's a Kiwi boy, big Warriors fan, and he tipped me off to him last year. His last four games were amazing at centre. He averaged like 38, which is quite good for a rookie centre with literally no rugby league background. Justin Morgan absolutely wrapped on it. He's even talking about maybe him moving to fullback at some stage. Just an athletic. He had two tries, try assists on the weekend. The first one where he could have scored himself, but he was unselfish enough. The High percentage play was to give it to him. Montoya went over. And then he's catching pass with literally a split second and hit Montoya on the chest. You'd think he was a 200-game veteran. Like some of the stuff he's pushing out is a physical just specimen. I think he's going to be big on both forms of the game. So watch out I think he might have just got a little bit um, sort of <laughs> hidden under the, the curtains of um, – Reese Walsh last year because they burst onto the scene at the same time, and I think he just sort of stole the thunder a little bit with with his little um his yeah, pretty face and also his little passes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pretty neat. Those really, inter- really interesting call, TK, because I'm just looking at Rocco for Supercoach because that's just he's just not someone that's been anywhere near my radar. He's the same price as Selwyn Cobbo, three twenty k, and only one point five percent owned. So yeah, but the thing is. Um, in Supercoach, I don't reckon centers perform anywhere near as well as a winger. You okay. know what I mean? So unless, like, so I think you'd want to go a Cobo over a um, for Supercoach. I think over 
um, Rocco Berry or someone like that. Because it's the centers- attacking stats as well, because we need the base stats from tackles for yep. a centre. Yep. Well, you guys need the tries from the winger. So that's probably yeah, why I yeah. think, yeah, Tim, that's why we have a kind of that, that differing sort of, and I think yours would work better for you and ours would probably work better for us just because yeah. of the different stats, the way they score them, right? Well, Tim I mean, did have that, that though. Like, be- Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, Tim did have that. Side going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt terrible. We were both like, like, oh, yeah, no, no. No, you go. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to zip it. You go. Say things. Say things, Wilfred. I was just going to say, looking at his actual base stats, though, they're, they're quite solid, even for Supercoach. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely worth considering. I think for me, it's more just like, you know, maybe it's just anecdotal. Like, I just don't remember too many Warriors centers over the years. Like, there's been a couple, you know, Conrad mm-hmm. Hurrell, obviously big, big fan favorite for a while. And even um, Solomon Okata for, you know, half a season, he really was great for Supercoach. But aside from that, maybe Peter Hiku a little bit here and there. There's not been that many good, for super coach at least, um, centers. And, and a lot of that's, I think, a lot of it has come down to the way Sean Johnson used to play. You know, he never really used his center. He's not the type to give him early ball. He likes to engage in line, you know, go short to his back rower or, you know, send it out wide to the winger. And that's why Fusatua was so good for, for SJ. Like, they just work so well together. And I, that's, that's my hesitation anyway. And yeah, I guess he might not. Such big wingers, didn't they? You know, you had your Vatavai. You got your, mm. what's um, Oh, he just went to the Tigers. Marlo. 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 Yeah, Marlo. Yeah, yeah. Massive sort of barging wingers. You want to get the ball to them ASAP. So you pass and cut it. Cut it so no. If we were the Tigers, we'd all be captains together, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only six of us. So, yeah. Leadership group. Leadership group. Walk up start. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we were saying it earlier. At least I get six captain challenges. You know, the <laughs> we can't nice. have snakes in the leadership committee. <laughs> I was going to say, I was looking at one of the memes online. You know that Spider Man pointing to each other? It's one where there's five Spider Man pointing at each other. Going, Tiger's <laughs> captain's challenge. <laughs> that's gold. Anyway, look, that's a lot of jibber. Let's get back. Um, thanks so much for um, obviously chatting with us, teaching us NRL fantasy. I've, um, I was just kind of looking at my team just then and I just, you know, I put Cleary back in and I put Adam <laughs> Newell Blake and I took, uh, who did I have? I, had, I think I had Stefano. I took him out, put Adam Newell Blake instead. So, Love yeah, it. I'll keep playing around with that. I'll definitely play properly this year and I'll try to see how I can do. Um, are you guys going to play Supercoach? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. we'll, I'll play. I'll yeah, tabs on it. I haven't done the classic. I've never done the classic in Supercoach either. I've always just played head-to-head. So when I said I played before, I played head to head. There's a mates. different strategy, like you said, with the captain thing. You sort of you, you, you fl- you're playing that mind game, so you have to sort yeah. of attack it differently if you're doing classic. Who awesome. won that last year, Andy? Uh, the what? Sorry. <laughs> Who won that last year? That's the end of the show, is it? Do you have like an open league for our listeners to join or us to join? Do you guys have a whole? Yeah, we, we have um, – it's called like a uh, – I guess an unlimited group where, you know, any any number of people can jump in there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, our, our Supercoach group code is 899392. Okay. So it's a group code, not a league code for those who are looking us up. But, yeah, we've got some prizes up for grabs and that, so pretty cool. Um, you know, we, we had one of our champs sponsor us, put up 500 bucks for nice. first. Yeah, so. Yep. That's there, and, and and for those who are actually uh, our Patreon subscribers, we put up five hundred bucks to match that. So, nice. if you're one of our subs, you'll get a thousand for coming top rank there. 
And uh, second place will grab a $200 gift card um, to use at nrlshop.com. So pretty much you'll get yourself a jersey and get a change. Not much. Hell yeah. <laughs> unless unless PVL can save us, right? If he knocks down those jersey prices. <laughs> or you'll get, you'll get 10 uh, MILF jerseys. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for a moment, a quiet moment to, to slot that in. Call. Great minds think alike. Oh, it's a Nick Meany effect, mate. We're just on the same wavelength, <laughs> Joey. Did That's you right. Um, we, got, we got a fancy one as well. Yeah, for us, if you want, if you Super Coast guys want to give it a run, yeah, um, code for that one. You get a ring too, boys. Yeah, we got a ring happening. It's just a mad little. I've seen your rings. They're nice, man. They look the squareness. I like the squareness of them. They're like it's, it, it looks yeah. like a Super Bowl ring. It looks pretty. Yeah, nice. yeah it does. I got that one. I always want to take it home. Like, well, it's that good. We've actually made it in our draft. We actually put extra money in so they can actually we can get one. <laughs> for, for the winners as well. For sure. Nice. But the league code, if you want to get in the NRL, the Talking League Podcast Cup is DVRFR5TJ. But we'll put we'll both of us put that in the show notes there, Wolf, and yep. everyone can just refer to that if you just haven't heard both of us just gibber that. And we'll tweet, we'll tweet it out as well. So yep. actually to finish up, um, so where do we find you guys on, on the socials? Yeah, it's Talking League Pod on uh, Facebook and Instagram or Talking League One on Twitter. That's just the number talk- one, right? Yeah, just number yep. one. Just Talking League if you have your podcast app. And if we want to find you guys individually, we've got questions for you. I think we've got um, – so well, TK, you're at Tristan underscore K-N-E-L-L. Or join the direct messages that I'm getting. You might be in a little bit of a hole, but at the moment I've got a few to answer. One Andy <laughs> underscore Burden, B-U-R-D-E-N, 89. If you want some good jokes, just, yeah, bring them on. <laughs> and at JJ Corby for you? Yeah, mate, yep. I'll just direct more mine to TK. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? This is the first time they've actually known their Twitter handle. I asked them this I question had to give me phone time. out. I had to give me phone Oh, look, this... This crossover is working magic. And hey, my mum's following me. That's the only one I got. This is really important. <laughs> well, if, as long as she's not sliding into your DMs. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right, on that note. Yeah, yeah, good, good. He's time to go. Cheers, <laughs> cheers again for coming on, guys. It's been great. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for guys. Fun. thanks, guys. See you, boys. Love.